What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Fit for Life with Anjuli and Ross podcast. Hey, everybody. Today, we're going to be talking about arbitrary weight goals and our thoughts around setting a weight-based goal. So first of all, I wanted to kind of talk about why I came up with this podcast topic. And the reason is I actually saw someone on Instagram the other day post up their weight and their height. And I found myself looking at them and comparing my stats to their stats. And I know that this happens a lot for people that will be listening to this podcast. I, on the other hand, am able to look at these stats and think that it's interesting and that's it. I don't try and, you know, copy what anyone else is doing to try and get the same results as them. So I really wanted to start this off by talking about seeing other people's weights, heights, on Instagram or magazines and things like that. And just to kind of stress how important it is to not compare yourself to anyone else and not to let their weight and their height and things like that kind of be a setting for your goals. Uh, Ross, have you ever, I know you're not big on social media, but have you ever looked at maybe uh, another person's stats and thought anything other than interest? No, not really, to be fair. Um, I think it is definitely something that a lot of people do, though. You know, when you, know, you see a certain weight and you think that that should be your target weight or you set a certain goal around around weight, well, that might have good intentions behind it. It's just not going to always be accurate for people, right? Because there's so many things that come into play, like genetics and, you know, so many different things. Yeah, definitely. Lifestyle activity, height, weight, age, all of that. Muscle so, mass. Yes, that's a big one as How well. How much you sleep, like so, so many things. Yeah, so so many things can impact our weight, of course. And I know that every time I post a physique update on a comp prep, people are straight away to ask me what height I am, what macros I'm on. Everyone wants to know my weight, even if it was just a photo of me in a bikini doing my chicken. Everyone suddenly wants to know all the stats. And in the past, I've never shared that information. But for my last prep leading up to Atlantic City, I decided I would try something different and share my calorie totals as well as the weight that I was dropping per week, as well as my weight. And that was something different for me. But I'm the reason why I never shared that in the past is because I didn't want other people comparing to me and trying to imitate what I was doing for their goals. Because as we all know, it needs to be personalized to you. So this also comes in nicely to copying other people's macros. If you're scrolling Instagram and you see these awesome full day of eating posts and it gives you some meal inspiration, that's great. What's not great is seeing what their macros are and thinking, oh, you know, they're eating far less than me. Maybe I should, you know, only be eating X amount of calories. Or on the flip, side, seeing someone who's in a build phase at 3,000 calories and maybe 140 grams of protein and thinking, oh, that looks good. I better do that because we are so unique. And I can guarantee you that someone that is going into a solid build phase and that is eating 3,000 calories a day has actually spent the time to build themselves up to that and is tracking everything and is very on point with a specific goal in mind. And those calories and macros will be personalized to them, their height, their weight, their age, their activity, and so much more. So it's really important that you don't see something online and take it as kind of the the must-do thing when it comes to training, nutrition, and uh, steps as well. Yeah, I mean, maybe it might give you some ideas about things that you need to work on in your diet. Like if you see that or someone's having that, that amount of protein, why are they having that amount of protein? You should invest some time in to, I guess, looking at what yours needs to be. We definitely shouldn't copy somebody else's macros though, because again, like 
things like your height, weight, genetics, training age, goals, so many things come into play and uh, really copying somebody's somebody else's macros is a recipe to disaster yeah yeah yeah. especially like if you're looking at build macros and if we talk about three thousand calories for you know for a female there's going to be a very small percentage of um, females that can hit that calories without being like way too in a surplus and and um, i guess risking large amounts of fat gain rather than focused on muscle yeah definitely and at the end of the day most people want to build muscle and not gain fat. And of course, when we go into a surplus to build muscle, you are going to gain fat, but we just want to try and minimize that by being more controlled and having that nutrition personalized to you and your goals. And so when I post my full day of eating photos, I think some people have mixed ideas of seeing these full day of eating posts. I'm never posting what I eat on social media to say that anyone else should eat like I do. The reason why I personally post recipes and full day of eating posts is to show you that you can eat foods that you love whilst getting results but to also give you some meal inspiration and when you do see these posts a really good way to do things is to look at them for meal inspiration and then substitute things where needed so if I'm in a build phase and I'm having sushi you might choose to make your own sushi at home but instead of salmon you might use chicken instead of you know full sushi rice you might decide to use some cauliflower rice in there so there's lots of different things you can take away from social media posts but you just need to be really logical and sensible about what you're actually taking away from the internet because let's be honest there's a lot on social media um following on from this i wanted to ask you what's more important a number on a scale or looking and feeling better what would you prefer ross would you prefer to be exactly 80 kilos on the dot or would you not care about the number on the scale and actually feel and look good? Yeah, I mean, it's like whenever I've had goals about getting leaner, it's all about, I guess, bringing abs through and body fat percentages and, and just, I guess, how I, how I feel and um, never really been too concerned with the number on the scale. Like if you're just worried about that, then, uh, I mean, it's just kind of pointless. Yeah, so that's somewhere where Ross and I vary because I know for your competitions when you were prepping, you had a goal of looking a certain way on stage and you didn't care about the scales, did you? No. So for me, I know how my body looks at pretty much every kilo within, you know, about an eight kilo range. I have prepped six times and a half because one show got cancelled. So I know what my body looks like at different fat percentages, at different weights, and I know where I feel my best and what I personally think looks best on me from a weight point of view and that's just from experience of doing it so many times however I also know that for my last show on my shred I was looking better at a heavier weight than I had at then at any other prep prior because I had built some muscle so even though I was slightly heavier I actually looked better than previous show preps in the shredding phase. So it is really important that you don't get so fixated on reaching whatever the number is that I'm just going to throw a a random number out there. Say someone wants to be 150 pounds and they're really determined to get to their number, but they find that at 155 pounds, they feel strong, they look good, they've leaned down, their clothes fit better, they have more energy, and they're struggling to stick to a deficit and they're struggling to push down five more pounds to get to that 150 pound mark. Well, 
what's the point in pushing yourself to try and get down there if you're really struggling every day to stick to the deficit and you find that you're going over your calories every single day when you look good, you feel good, and you're just so fixated on a number that you're actually forgetting how far you've come, how good you look, how good you feel. I just think people get really caught up in that number and they try and prolong a deficit. And that's what I really wanted to talk about next is instead of obsessing over a number, get out of a deficit sooner rather than later. Like there's no need to prolong a deficit and try and get down to, you know, two or three more pounds down when you're struggling to stick to your nutrition and all your habits, especially if you're finding that you're getting significantly weaker in the gym, you're not sleeping well, you're only thinking about food. Like what is two or three pounds anyway? I really don't think it matters that much. It's not going to make a crazy big difference in terms of how you look, but it would make a massive difference in terms of how you feel if you were to increase your calories. Ross, when you been on a fat loss phase, what's kind of the sign for you in which you think, okay, I need to get out of a deficit now? Uh, yeah, it's usually when you're feeling real, real tired. Um, I don't know when it becomes like excessively hard, like a deficit's a little bit like it's challenging, right? Especially the linear you get, it gets more and more challenging. But when you're finding that it's just you can you can barely manage it, and that's usually like a pretty good sign that you need to get out. The other thing to, I think to think about when you're like if you're trying to get to a certain weight, if you've already leaned down, but you still want to keep going to that certain number, what are you actually losing? Muscle. So you know, like if you've got a physique based goal, your goal really isn't to lose muscle, is it? It's to retain it as best you can, which is another reason why weight can be a little bit silly. And in fact, really, if your goal is to uh, if you've got a physique-based goal, you you really want to be as heavy as you can when you get leaner because that indicates you've retained more muscle. So, I yes, mean, totally. <laughs> it kind of like it kind of goes against uh, you know trying to reach a certain weight goal, doesn't it? Definitely. And for me personally, obviously my goal is to maintain as much muscle as I can to step on stage. But really that should be all of our goals if your goal is fat loss, because we want fat loss in terms of maintaining as much muscle as possible and losing fat, as opposed to just losing weight on the scale, which is coming significantly from muscle and fat. If for example, you weren't eating enough protein, you weren't weight training, you weren't optimizing your nutrition and your training with the goal of losing fat and maintaining as much muscle as possible. Yeah, and I know a lot of people, like a lot of um, females still have concern about having too much muscle. It's, it's, it's really, really difficult for a female to get super jacked and retain a ton of muscle. So I mean, unless you're really trying to do that, it's um, it's pretty difficult, yeah, isn't it? You have to be very intentional. And I think we all have different ideas of what, you know, quote mark bulky looks like. So a lot of people still message me and they say like, oh, you know, I really want to start coaching with you. I want to do build, I want to build muscle. I want to follow nutrition, but I don't want to build too much muscle. I just want to look toned. And this idea of toned honestly comes from building muscle and then losing the fat that is covering the muscle. So for me and where I am, I personally don't think I look what some people would call bulky, but I know some women have said that they want to build muscle, but they don't want as much muscle as I have. I personally don't think I have too much muscle, but everyone has a different idea of what fit and healthy looks and feels like to them. So I just want to preface that in saying that the way that I train and how long I've been training for it is so specific that 
you know, I wish I could have got to where I was overnight, but unfortunately it doesn't happen like that. I have been training for a very long time, years and years, and it's definitely not easy as a woman to build muscle naturally. So please don't be afraid to lift weights. I know some of you listening to this will already love weight training. Some of you might be kind of new to it and be a little bit nervous to lift weights in the gym, but lifting weights has such a good impact for everything I personally find, like in and outside of the gym, it helps me feel more empowered when I get stronger. It helps you build muscle. It helps later on in life as well. In terms of bone density, there's so many plus sides to lifting weights that goes well beyond how you look and well beyond just a weight loss goal. Yeah. And look, if you overshoot it and you gain more muscle than you want to, it's pretty easy to lose muscle. You just stop training. (laughs) It will go away. So um, I wouldn't be too worried about that if you do gain more muscle than you actually want then you can lose it if that's I don't know why you'd want to do that but you know you can do that if you want to do that yeah definitely and then also speaking about gaining more muscle or gaining more weight gaining fat let's talk about what happens when the scales go up after a deficit so if you are in a deficit and you're ready to get out of it, you know what, you're tired of being in a deficit, you've achieved your fat loss goal, you can't actually stay at those calories for the rest of your life. One, it's probably not going to be a fun time to stay in a deficit. But two, mentally, emotionally, and physically, your body is going to be wanting more food at a certain point in time. I know towards the end of a prep in those last few weeks, I am so, so more than ready to get out of a deficit. But what happens when we actually come out of a deficit? So there's a few different ways we can get out of a deficit. Ross, you don't usually reverse diet. Do you usually jump up? Or? Yeah, I go straight to, I guess, a, a guesstimated new maintenance. Obviously, as your weight lowers, so too does your maintenance calories. So I just, um, you know, guess basically and... Hope for the best. Well, <laughs> oh, no, I'm like, kidding, I'm kidding. Yeah, I have a, a pretty good idea of what they should be. I'll shoot for probably just under and then progress up from there. So usually I'll just jump straight to just under maintenance stay there for a couple of weeks and then move up to where I think I should be based on how it goes. Bit of trial and error. If weight goes up too much, then I've overshot it. If it, um, you know, if it's kind of like stable and I guess slightly creeping up, then I've, I know I've done about right and I'll start to move up from there. Awesome. So that's one way that someone could come out of a deficit. I would like to use that for someone that is showing signs of really needing to get their calories up as soon as possible. If someone, for example, came to me and they lost their cycle during a shred with another coach or something like that, I would aim to get their calories up as soon as possible. If someone's having really bad, a really bad relationship with food, uh, in terms of overeating all the time, I would rather get their calories up as soon as possible so that they can just have some kind of control around that. Another way to increase your calories, which is what I've often done outside of uh, shredding normally, just in comp prep and things like that, is reverse diet. So slowly increasing my calories up, and that is far easier said than done. I've always found reverse dieting harder than a comp prep. And anyone that has prepped that I know personally in bikini competitions has always said that post comp is harder than pre comp, just because your goals have changed. You don't have that specific date in which you need to look a certain way, and it can be very hard to adhere to your nutrition after going through you know sixteen or twenty weeks of diet. So there are different ways to come out of a deficit, but when it comes to increasing our calories, whether you go up to your estimated new maintenance or whether you're just slightly increasing calories, our bodies respond in different ways. So 
what do you usually find happens if say you increase your calories Ross? like what would be normal for someone that has say higher carbs for a day yeah so when you if you've been dieting for a long period of time you've been doing a deficit you generally are on lower carbohydrates because you need to i guess make sure you get enough protein and fats and that sort of stuff and still being on low calories so generally you're on a low calorie diet which leads to um, glycogen depletion so your body stores um you know, carbohydrates which convert into glycogen uh, which bind with water and your body expels those when you get uh, really really lean or you're on those low low carb diets so immediately as you start to reintroduce more carbohydrates your body's going to store more glycogen more water and you would expect a two to four pound gain of weight pretty quickly yes exactly so if you do for whatever reason come out of a deficit or perhaps maybe you know what you just had a, a higher calorie day a higher carb day on a sunday and then you weigh in on a monday it's totally normal for the scales to go up anywhere between two and four pounds i did a little science experiment on myself a few weeks ago i took my weights i also uh, shared this on instagram at and underscore fit for life I had 500 grams of carbs for a day and my weight was a bang up two kilos on the scale the next day, exactly to about three to four grams of water per gram of carb. So it was quite accurate in terms of that. And then straight away, the day after being on track and just eating normally, drinking enough water and all of that, my weight was back down to normal. So it is totally, you know, fine for the scales to go up as you increase your food. Not only are you storing more water due to the glycogen, but also you have more food in your body. So if you had a bigger meal the night before or you're increasing your calories across the day, of course your body's going to weigh slightly more as you've got more food in you. There are certain people that as they reverse diet, for whatever reason, their body might decrease in weight. But again, this is a situation in which you should not compare your shred, your build or your reverse diet to anyone else's because everybody's body responds differently. And it also depends on how many times you've dieted before, if you've ever dieted before, and I guess how much stress you've put your body under over the time of dieting and training and things. Yeah, it would be important to note that that's, not the most common response though, weight not going down, you would expect it to go the other way. And if, if you know, like it depends on your goals too. If you've moved to maintenance, your, ma- your weight, like after you've got that glycogen, I guess, boost and you've, you've um, started fueling your body a bit more, it should be pretty stable. If you're continuing go- going up, then you're in a surplus. It's yeah. yeah, definitely. So just to recap, calorie deficit for fat loss, eating less calories than your body requires to maintain weight. Maintenance by definition is about maintaining weight. This is usually a place in which people get quite bored because you're not seeing significant strength increases or not everyone does. You're not seeing your weight go down because obviously you're in maintenance and you're not noticing the changes of getting leaner, uh, or maybe getting as strong as you would if you're in a small surplus. So it's not necessarily the sexiest kind of place to be in terms of calories, but it is a great place for someone to sit year round if they're, you know, kind of happy with where they are and they just want to make some progress in the gym and things like that. And then the next level up is, of course, going to be a calorie surplus, which is to help you build muscle. And this is where you're consuming more calories than you're burning in order to fuel your body and optimize your training as well. So that's kind of the three levels of it. But the main takeaways I really wanted you to get from this podcast today 
today is please do not compare yourself to anyone else on your fitness journey. It does not matter what Sally on Instagram is eating each day or what Susie is doing in the gym. What matters most is what is best for you and what your goals are and your nutrition and your training needs to be tailored to that. For example, someone on the squad that wants to run a half marathon is going to be doing different training to someone that wants to do a powerlifting competition or someone that just wants to have more energy to run around with the kids or someone that wants to, you know, train progressively in the gym. Everyone has specific goals and you need to really, you know, adapt your training and your nutrition to that. The other thing I wanted to talk about is not to try and, you know, set an arbitrary weight goal based on someone else you saw online. Remember, we are all unique and our bodies are all unique and it would just be ridiculous to, you know, get fixated on a certain number and forgive like forget about everything else from progress photos to non-scale victories to how you actually look and feel each day. Do you have anything to add to that, Russ? No, that was all great for information. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for tuning in, you guys. We really want to get back into these podcasts. If you have any questions or suggestions, you know where to find me. Feel free to send me a message on Instagram at and Julie underscore fitflife, and we'll see you in the next one. See you in the next one.